From home, I am Matt Gower, and this is my brother slash co-host in that order, Steve. Yes, also same name, that Gower. is me. You're wearing a San Diego Padres ball cap today. Any reason? Just because it's covering up your head, or? Um, yeah, my my hair is is unruly, and it's a hat I haven't worn in a while, and it was on the the hat rack. So uh, okay. It's, well, I, I, can, I can tell you that I won't be posting video unless something really crazy happens from today's Yeah, but there's today's when I go out later. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, we're, we're in the house right now. My, my hair is also unruly. My beard is unruly. I've gotten to the beard hair length stage where I have bed beard now when I wake up in the morning. I have to comb it. I see. Yeah, I don't I don't want to get it that long. And you mentioned that we're, we're at home. I was actually thinking during the week, like, our name, Jay's From Home. I think uh-huh. we picked that originally because, like, it was during the pandemic and yeah. you know, working from home, so to speak. But yeah, it, yeah, yeah. we're we're still doing it remotely anyway. But I, I was just thinking it kind of still works because uh, you know we're uh, like some sort of play on home plate. I don't know. Um, well, <laughs> you finally got that. Uh, what, like two years later? <laughs> well, I just wasn't thinking about it before. That's all. Yeah, um, yeah, but so, we are glad, we are on social media. Yeah, we are on social media at, at Jades from Home uh, on the platforms. If you can't find us, then we're not on that platform. Yeah, it's as simple as that. Okay, yeah. So social media. <laughs> I've completely lost my train of thought because we were interrupted very uh, early on by, uh, by 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 children. Well, by um, magic of editing, no one will notice. I think so. Uh, I hope. I hope yeah. not. I hope not. Unless you forget to to edit this part out, then it's just like going to be like four minutes of of, of silence. It would be a very boring part of the podcast. Um, so you wanted to start off with uh, Hall of Fame stuff, I think, right? Yeah, well, the Hall of Fame announcements were announced on Tuesday, and we had three inductees. Um, we had Todd Helton of the Colorado Rockies, uh, Joe Maurer of the uh, Minnesota Twins, and Adrian Beltre from the uh, Texas Rangers. So congratulations to them. Nice to see all those guys make it in. Um, Was it the yeah. top, top three in voting are the ones that make it in? Well, you have to get at least, I think, 75% of the voting. And each of those guys got at least that. Todd, uh, it's very small print here. Joe Maurer got 76%. Uh, Todd Helton got 79 And Adrian Beltry was the, the, the lock. He got 95% of the vote. Um, so, so congratulations to them. Looks like if you're, you know, you're going to go from the next guys down the list, um, looks like Andrew Jones, Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner all have legitimate shots of making it in uh next year they they maybe even on the outside carlos beltran uh they all got um 57 percent and uh, and up through 73 percent respectively of their of, of of the votes there so so yeah congratulations to them um i Jose i Bautista. see that i see that gary sheffield is what that was his 10th year on the ballot is there a cutoff for how many years you can be oh, on the ballot. Um, I, there is a, uh, I'm not sure. That, that is actually a good point. 
I don't know what the, exactly the rules are. So we'll, so maybe he he is falling off the ballot. I don't know. Um, speaking of falling off the ballot, though, Jose Bautista in his first year didn't earn enough votes to stay on the ballot. So he did fall off of the Hall of Fame ballot uh, with 1.6% of the votes. Uh, so that, that's, that's sad. And in other Blue Jays-related voting news, uh, Mark Burley got got he always gets a few votes in there uh he uh had 8.3 percent of the votes and the only other jays related hall of famer on this list there are a couple uh but we don't really want to go into these guys because they have have not great histories uh omar viscal and jose reyes are the two guys uh who had kind of outside uh who had some votes and they were on the on the ballot but Mm. uh yeah so I, I'm not surprised about Jose Bautista, though. Like, I would make the same. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. we talked about, uh, what was it? I think it was during the season. Anyway, we talked about, like, whether the Jays should retire his jersey or put him on the um, uh, the level of excellence or whatever. Well, and, they put him on the level of excellence. Yeah, sure. I don't think he he's uh, re- jersey retire material. So, same reason why I, I'm not surprised I, I, he's I, not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, well, the Jays don't retire jerseys in general. But if you, like, I, we've had, I've said this before, and we've had this discussion before. I'd, I'd, I'd retire Bautista's jersey for sure. Um, looking ahead to 2025, though, um, there are some notable and also Blue Jays related um, first year eligible players here. Um, the um, most interesting one from the Blue Jays perspective is Russell Martin. I don't think that he'll make it in. Um, Troy Tulowitzki is on the on the. Uh, uh, ballot next year. Curtis Granderson, he was brief, briefly a Blue Jay. He'll be on the list. Um, and the other guys, uh, Felix Hernandez. You know, he was a great pitcher for the for the uh, for the Mariners. So he'll have an interesting case because because uh, he he was a very good pitcher, but maybe he just didn't play for long enough. Um, Adam Jones, Ian Kinsler, Brian McCann. Uh, uh, who else? Uh, uh, Dustin Pedroia. Ichiro, he's going to make it in. Yeah. Uh, how Hanley come? Ramirez, so in, this is first year eligible. So it's based on how long they've been retired, retired. right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like four or five years. Whatever. Because I was, I was going to say it's, it's surprising that Ichiro hasn't been on the ballot yet. To me. Well, he's he played for a long time. Um, he retired uh, as a as a Mariner. I think in that uh, he, his last game was that uh, it was like a, a a game in Japan against maybe the A's. I want to say, and wasn't Kikuchi playing for seattle in that game sure why not um anyway. <laughs> i don't know so yeah but but um ichiro suzuki if he doesn't get a unanimous uh induction i don't know they they, they need to rethink about the <laughs> the voting procedures but yeah anyway so so that that's some interesting games looking forward to to, to next year's ballots um but uh why don't we go to some Jay's notes and then um we'll come back to circle back to our our um our weekly outcomes. Yeah. Um, so before we get into any other notes here, I'm confused by this picture you have in the notes from jaysjournal.com. Uh, okay. Postseason predictions, who will win the, the World that Series. That has nothing to do with the article. Because, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, because like there's, there's a, it looks like last year's postseason bracket. <laughs> I was no, that, very confused. That has nothing at all to do with the article. That was just, I just wanted to have the um url url in there so we could uh, just know where we, we got this information from I see. but uh the yeah the, the news on this one was just that um the jays were going to sign i'm not sure how to say it, the first name here canu blanco who was the number nine ranked international free agent in 2024 but the deal f- fell through due to birth date falsification according to marcus grunfeld hmm. and 
um, it seems to be a league-wide problem. Because uh, I, I, I read this article, and that was not on my, my radar at all. Um, but uh, there's been a bunch of different teams that have uh, had to... Had had signings fall through or whatever, and and there was a, an article that just came out uh, on the Athletic by uh, Ken Rosenthal and uh, former I think Evan Drellick may even have have had a, a piece in this as well. Um, uh, Nathaniel Perez Nero of Diario Libre um, reported that there are more than fifty players that had their arrangements with teams nullified due to the falsification um, of age, and and mm. and and that's that's a big problem. Um, yeah, and I didn't really. Uh, I, I I heard a little bit about um, uh, about this, like just from the Blue Jays. Uh, so this this player Blanco, uh, he was he was signed thinking that he was 16 years old, but was actually 17. And right, I didn't right. really get the what the big deal about that was, but I guess it has. Well, it's about, it's about projecting. And and if, if they don't know if, if he's 17, they help, they're going to have a different set of, um, I guess, expectations, uh, based on his body size, based on his, his, you know, how he's playing, uh, and his performance, uh, than, than he would be if he was 16 or 15 or whatever age he's, he's, he said that he was. And it's, it's a tough situation too, because a lot of this has to do with, um, you know, immigration and things like that too, because they, they, um, there's a lot of like Dominican Republic, uh, borders Haiti. And if, if uh, there's a, I'm not sure if it's in here, but there, there's an article uh, saying that like Haitian players, um, in order to cross the border, because like it's not easy, because D- Dominican Republic and ha- Haiti don't have a great relationship um, at, at best of times. Um, they have to like falsify their documents, and mm. they, they some they can. That means that they can also falsify their ages, which in turn will you know benefit the players because that'll get, give them more money if they look better as a you know a seventeen year old player being putting himself off as 15. Yeah. No, the, the article that you sent me, I read that this morning. Um, and the, the craziest, uh, disparity was, was, uh, the player signed by the, the Red Sox who was, who they thought was 16 years old, but turned out to be 21. Uh, yes, that's, that, that's, that can make a big difference. That's a big stretch. That's, that's the, called the, the Ian Zeering effect. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if you're familiar or, with him, <laughs> Or Steve Buscemi, hello, fellow kids. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, that too. Yeah, Ian Ziering played like a, a, a like a sixteen-year-old as like in his late twenties, early thirties. Yeah, that's what that's what I sent you this morning too. Yeah, exactly. It's just like it's it's like in in the in the movies and TV shows that they always get like twenty-year-olds to play mm-hmm. high school students. And and do you know the reason why they they do that? I in think Hollywood? that's labor laws, isn't it? Exactly. They get that because they can they can have their their uh, their actors work for longer. They so, need fewer so breaks. May, may, yeah. May, maybe maybe baseball teams should be uh, assigning uh, young 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 players and passing them off as sixteen year olds so they can they can work them harder. <laughs> I, I guess I don't know. Maybe that would not be a very good look for MLB, which is already not well known for its uh, uh, positive labor relations i guess <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so it's it's a it's it's a it's a problem i guess that that kind of sprung up on on on, on me personally i don't know about the baseball world but uh it, it's it's come up all of a sudden and i guess i guess um in that article they're also saying how like you know teams use like the the whatsapp uh apps to kind of just 
to say who's signing with who and maybe give heads up as to some background information or insider information on players too. So it's it's it, yeah, uh, check that article out. It's a uh, it's 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 in the uh, it's in the athletic. It's Ken Rosenthal. Uh, yeah, and I think Evan Drellick and some other guys uh, uh, contributed to that. Yeah, I'll put that in the uh, the link in the podcast notes so that people okay. can find it. Yeah, and while you're doing that, um, I'll, I'll mention that uh, there was some news about um, Baseball America's top 100 prospects. Uh, Ricky Tiedemann uh, is the, according to Zach Warden, is the best left-handed pitching pros- prospect in that on that list and ranks 22nd overall uh, in the top 100. Um, and then other other Jays on that list. There's only one other Blue Jay, and that's Orelvis Martinez, and he came in at number 90. Um, so so that's 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 good. For them, I'd, I, I'd like that's, to see That's more. an increase from last year, isn't it? Like, they didn't have anybody in the top 100? Or no, they I had think like Tiedemann one? was in the top 100. And I, I feel like Martinez might have fallen off that list. I, I could be wrong on that. Uh, but, but you know, I'd, I'd like, I would be, I would feel better seeing more Blue Jays on that list. Uh, but what are you going to do? Well, I, I think that will happen when um, the current core uh, graduates I say graduates, but I don't know. The current core is gone, and the Blue Jays are on like the downswing and not winning as many games, and they get higher draft picks. I uh, imagine well, we'll, we'll get more hundred uh, top one hundred prospects. Well, I don't want to see that happen either. <laughs> well, that's usually the way it works, isn't it? Uh, well, no, because the Dodgers have lots of uh, great prospects. The the Rays have lots of great pro- prospects, and they don't they don't uh, you know tank or anything like that. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we should be praising the Dodgers or the Rays. I don't know. What? What? Well, definitely. Well, okay. There, there, there are some, some, you know, uh, especially for the Rays, some, some problems because they're not wanting to spend money. But the Dodgers, they put all that they can into their, into their, uh, their, their farm system. They're, they're the model franchise as far as both spending money and and developing players. Do they, do they defer money for their scouts and, uh, and scouting department? I don't think so. No. <laughs> But you know what? The deferral again. Well, that was Shohei Otani's idea. They, they, I'm, I'm sure that had had he not mentioned it, they wouldn't have. They, they would have offered to defer some of the money, but not not that much. Mm, I see. All right. Um, another another Blue Jays note. There's uh, we have signings to report. Actual yeah. transactions. So yeah, this was the biggest signing so far. I would say of the off season for the Blue Jays. Um, they signed Cuban right-hand uh, relief pitcher Yariel Rodriguez on a four-year deal. Um, I'm not sure what the exact details are. I think it's something like $8 million per year. Um, and, you know, seeing as how he's from Cuba, I thought this would be the perfect opportunity to welcome back onto our show um, Phil Selig, former guest. Uh, and he he's known uh, on the... Uh, Social media as Cuba Dugout, and he is a Cuban baseball expert. He has been to Cuba many times to watch the game and to follow players. He's followed them as they've come through Ottawa in the, in the independent leagues, and he has uh, he even has a, a documentary um, that debuted in Cooperstown, I believe, and it is the, it's there. <laughs> um, he had a Cuban baseball. Uh, documentary so check that out as well and yeah so let's throw to the interview with him so and we, we talked about just uh what to expect and what kind of a player yariel rodriguez is so here's here's fierce phil Selig. 
Welcome back to the show. I think uh, this is Phil Seelig here. I, I think that you are probably our, uh, other than my brothers our, and, and my wife, you're, you're our most common uh, returnee. Well, yeah, I guess uh, thir- third time hopefully is the charm. I think, uh, I think that's where we're at. So it's always uh, always great whenever my passions and, and um, expertise kind of merge with the, uh, with the Blue Jays world. So for sure. Now, um, that definitely happened, I guess it was last week now. Um, Yario Rodriguez, a uh, Cuban player, signed with the Blue Jays just recently. So um, I noticed on some Twitter post you, you, you put a little, did you have to do a write-up or a video about him? You, you seem to, to, to know his background somewhat. Yeah, so I've been chronicling him since 2017. Um, perhaps ironically for uh, for anybody who um, you know doesn't realize, we're both based in Ottawa. Uh, saw him pitch first here in Ottawa. Saw him in 2017 and 2019 here in, in Canada's capital when he toured with the uh, with the Cuban national team, and then also had a chance to see him pitch in Cuba roughly around that time as well. So he's been on my radar for quite some time and I've captured photo video and obviously seen him in person. Um, but the biggest part of his rise has been more his association with the national team first with the premier 12 in 2019, which kind of put him on the radar and into the Chunichi dragons development system where he's had some success uh, or a lot of success at their professional level. And then more recently with the world baseball classic last year, where he uh, ended up being the de facto ace for, for team Cuba. So um, how did his path take him to Japan? Do you know uh, that story at all? Yeah. So over the past few years, I I mean, going back as far as uh, 2010, 2011 with Frederick Cepeda, who was kind of one of the first players um, to to go to Japan. Actually, we can even go back to early 2000s when Omar Linares, but more more modern where Cuba has had a good working agreement with uh, with Nippon Pro Baseball to send um, some bigger names, uh, typically a little bit more mature players, but also more recently some some young power arms, first to develop largely in their system. But we've seen where that, um, especially for like a Yariel Rodriguez, Rydell Martinez, or a Levon Minello, a lot of these younger arms spend just a small amount of time in their development system and then have found um, great success in bullpen roles in, in uh, Japan's top league. So he kind of Fit into that pipeline more than anything and it's you know it's it's i think it's been beneficial for him um you know as much as obviously him him leaving there they they weren't pleased with that cuba wasn't pleased with that but in terms of a pipeline and, and a pitching pedagogy i guess i would say has been very effective in taking some of these uh, these younger cuban arms that maybe just need that little bit of seasoning uh, a little bit of tweaking on top of facing top competition at a professional level with a chance to make money there as well so so the npb is kind of like a finishing school for for the uh, kind of uh, less polished cuban arms would you say yeah, I think there's an element of that. I'm, I'm you know, obviously uh, with the level of competition that's there, with the uh, with the coaching expertise that's there, I see a couple quirks in, in what seems to happen with a lot of these players. So, so firstly, they do add velocity. I'm not certain if that has to do with more conditioning or with nutrition. But, um, and Yariel has done this as well. The, the one quirk that I noticed that they all seem to add is in certain parts of their delivery, kind of the... Um, Kind of that 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 hanging leg kick, um, and and to to mess with timing. That seems to be the okay. one thing that they all sort of have had. Uh, I don't want to say it's exclusively kind of a a Japanese approach to pitching, but if anybody kind of knows what I'm talking about, where that uh, that very delayed 
slow leg kick where it kind of mm-hmm. hangs and, and, and adds as another wrinkle to uh, to mess with timing at certain points. Seems like a mechanism that a lot of uh, a lot of the Cuban pitchers add to their repertoire. And one of the things that uh, the Ariel definitely did in, in his time in Japan. Well, and also to bring it back to the to, to North American baseball, someone uh, who I'm sure you're following a lot closer now, uh, Marcus Stroman has a lot of those same tendencies as well. Yeah, and, and obviously, yeah, Marcus Stroman just signed uh, signed with the Yankees and, and Jays fans. Uh, you know, very familiar with him, good or bad. But uh, yeah, kind of that. Uh, you know, the the art of pitching, uh, hitting is the art of timing. Pitching is the art of disrupting timing. So I think there's <laughs> as much as velocity has definitely increased all over the planet. That uh, that philosophy of pitching is uh, is seems to be embraced a little bit more in Japan of trying to be deceptive, and so to to work backwards it's always been a thing in cuba but the velocity has been lacking so as you mentioned it's kind of a little bit of a finishing school for for these guys uh on top of you know being able to go again compete in the second best league in the world and and um you know some of these guys have been been lights out over there so yeah how did how did uh how much success did yariel rodriguez find in npb yeah, so as mentioned, he, he spent a little bit of time in the minor leagues and then over the past couple of years uh, became kind of a high leverage piece out of the bullpen. Um, so not not the closer because actually that uh, that role was assumed by another Cuban and Rydell Martinez who has been lights out. Um, so but, you know, you can look at a very he, he was very effective in, in kind of a setup role, uh, pitching to a sub two ERA, Kang one per inning. And the big thing with him and this is kind of um, perhaps for for Jays fans to watch or if this is the metric is control and command have always been been big things for him uh Mm. limiting walks he did a a a lot better job of that working out of the bullpen uh whether that is just simplifying pitch offering if if it's the um you know if it's the matchups that that work better that way but that i think was really um combined with the increase in his velocity or what i think led to his success uh or if you look at what I don't want to say failings in the past because he was successful as a starter in Cuba um, and, and, you know, at first breaking into to Japan uh, showed why there was promise in him. But really his ascension uh, has been cutting down on those walks. And again, I think simplifying that pitch offering. OK, um, yeah, from what I read, I think he's just got a fastball and a slider that he relies on now. Um, what kind of a player will should Jays fans expect him to be? So, I mean, that really depends on what direction the Jays want to go with. And, and I'll be honest, my concern is not the player himself, but the potential path. And so you have to recognize the hype around him. We haven't seen this profile of player come out of Cuba in the past bunch of years. And I think more of that's based on the system um, that that mature type of player just has either um you know, they they flushed out for a little bit. Everybody's gotten younger or they've gone through a different path. So there is a level of him getting the dollars that he did might be emblematic of kind of the the, the point where he's becoming a free agent with the perception of the pedigree that he that that he has or with the resume that he has. Um, so when you look at him signing for four years and $32 million, although we've seen some, some much bigger uh, contract signings this, this off season, I think the Jays, you know, they signed that amount thinking that he's going to be a starter. And, you know, in, and in fairness, mm. if someone does have the potential to do that, I think you, you want to flush that out. The only concern that I have is that if he's at 26 and if they're looking for an, uh, you know, as fast a return on investment, that, that, 
development path or those expectations might be detrimental if he doesn't have that immediate success where, again, I think he's better suited for the bullpen. And I think it's because of a few different things. I think because of the, you know, it, it's easier to be a thrower than it is to be a pitcher. And and I think with some refinement, with some time, with stretching it, he could become a pitcher. But right now, um, I think his stuff really lends more to just simplifying. As, as mentioned, he can throw five pitches. It looks like he's run into issues when trying to mix in more of all five pitches versus just being able to rely on that, that fastball, which, you know, does sit 96 maybe can touch up to, to 99, a hardcore slider. We saw that in the World Baseball Classic, that when he's commanding that, it, it's a hard, you know, wipeout slider. And then, you know, the other pitches, maybe when he needs to mix them in uh, here, and that, here and there, in shorter bullpen sessions, it's not as important as trying to get to that second, third time through the lineup. And so I kind of wonder if what happens when he is trying to tinker too much with five pitches, which is a lot to ask of any pitcher, little yet a, still relatively young pitcher and then another pitcher that's trying to make a jump to this this type of level um you know i i would think that if he's going to be a starter for me the perfect scenario would be spending at least a full year at triple a but i don't know if the contract and the expectations can dictate that so yeah yeah Yeah, so if they if they're looking for if they're looking for a quicker return on investment i think the path is the bullpen but i don't think that's their expectation yeah, yeah, d- definitely as far as how much they're paying him, uh, I don't think he's going to go down to AAA unless he really struggles. Um, I wonder if if kind of like the 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 realistic or maybe even a bit optimistic uh, uh, expectation is sort of like a Ross Stripling kind of swing kind of starter guy if they need him. It's possible. And, and again, uh, you know, he'll get the opportunity to prove that he's up to the task. I just I, I think that. Um, you can run into problems in, in if he doesn't have for a guy that's that's making a bunch of adjustments here, um, you know, that to to make, um, you know, or to have the potential um, inconsistency in what his role might be, especially for for a young guy that probably, you know, for anybody wants to come in and have have success right away. I just I, I would look at it and think that you know, um, kind of a middle relief role and see what he can do. And, and you know, this could be the path as well. Start yeah, him takes- off slow with that. See if you can have some, some success and then kind of add as, as, as time goes by to that role. And then, you know, if you do need some spot starts, you know, that, that could be a very, a veritable path for him over time. But I think he does need to have some success, prove he can get some major league hitters at first before you start tinkering or really adding to, uh, to that role. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense for sure. Um, now, he had to spend a year away from baseball, basically, in order to uh, be granted his eligibility as a free agent. Um, do you know how he spent the past year away from professional baseball? Yeah, so as far as I know, he was in the Dominican Republic and uh, working out there. So, um, I mean, it's not the same as as playing in, say, the Dominican Summer League. So, um, didn't see any any indication if he was playing in kind of high level games, but I know that he at least he was working out and working with trainers and trying to stay loose and and uh, staying active as as it were. But again, yeah, uh, another thing, obviously, being kind of his last his last live game action would have been March in in the World Baseball Classic. So, um, you know, there there is some time lost there at a key development age, but at, at the very least, I've seen photos. He stayed in shape. Uh, you know, has been has been staying at least throwing. Um, so he'll be healthy. He'll be fresh that way. 
uh, we'll see if, if there is a little bit of rust or even if, um, you know, does that mean you give a bigger, longer look in, in spring training, which I guess is the one positive that if he is coming in with these expectations over here, that at the very least you can use spring training to give him an extended look and, and, you know, maybe they run him out as, as a starter in spring training is kind of that first experiment and at least get him some reps, get him, uh, get him stretched out and get a feel for, for, uh, for what he can do. Yeah, it'll be definitely very interesting to watch uh, how his his career path uh, in in Major League Baseball uh, uh, comes along. Um, now uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. Today's January the twenty third, so the Hall of Fame uh, announcements will be coming out tonight at six p.m. Who would you say? Um, I'm kind of putting on the spot a little bit here, but who would you say would be the most likely um, next Cuban player to to be inducted into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame? That's a good question. Um, you know, someday I hope that I'm I'm uh, qualified to to welcome them there. Seeing as uh, <laughs> again, my short film is technically in the Hall of Fame. I always mm-hmm. say that uh, I think that makes me somewhere. I'm, I'm like a distant cousin of of that brotherhood. But um, you know, it's it's um, it's tough to tough to say. I you know, there's mounting uh, push for for Louis Tion to through uh, mm-hmm. the Veterans Committee. I mm-hmm. think could de- deserve to be there. So kind of in between. I'd say in between um, the players of, of the last, um, you know, kind of golden era. And I mean, we recently saw Tony Oliva get in and Minnie Minoso guys that, that really should have been in before. I think we're going to see, there's a little bit of a gap in between, like with, with some of the stars that we've seen play just because they split so much time between Cuba and the major leagues. Um, you know, I, I've thought that the next player that could get there, uh, and it's more based on just the majority of their performance being in the United States, being in Major League Baseball, might be a role as Chapman down the road. Um, mm. You know, he could obviously still add to that resume. I don't know if the resume itself is good enough. Um, you know, he just signed with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's got some off the field issues. He's got plenty of on the field issues when, if you ask me, when it really mattered. But if you look at his actual resume as a closer, some of the counting stats are there. but you know, as we're going to see today, uh, even as a closer, it's very hard to get in that basically, unless you're Mariana Rivera or Trevor Hoffman, it seems that there's a bias against that. So that's, that's the first player that I would lean to outside of, I think we're going to have to wait a longer time, but there are those players that are playing today. You know, if a Jordan Alvarez can continue to do oh, what yeah. he does and, and that, that I think the key thing is though, that the guys getting into the game younger and younger, as opposed to, you know, a Jose Abreu, great career, great career overall, but, you know, didn't break into the majors until 28, 29. So just didn't have that, that length to, to make it on his major league acumen. Yeah. And, 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 you know, as we get further and further into the future, the, uh, the, the, the voting population for the hall of fame will also uh, shift younger so we might see some some uh change in trends as, as far as that goes now you mentioned that uh your documentary have maletta is it maletta or mayetta 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 Me, so have mayetta will travel uh you you were you aired that uh in in the hall of fame uh so people can check that out uh on 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 youtube as well 
that's a nice nice documentary for sure. Um, and my final question for you is, are you planning on making uh, another trip to Cuba uh, this year? Because you, you seem to make almost a, a yearly pilgrimage to uh, see some uh, Cuban baseball in the wintertime. Yeah, so, so I got lucky, got lucky last year and was there for to bookend the, the Cuban National Series uh, season in March and then in April, or sorry, in August. Uh, came very close, actually, because uh, this evening will be uh, game six of the Cuban Elite League final between uh, Matanzas and Artemisa. Uh, so I think, uh, I think Matanzas is probably going to, uh, to garner that championship this evening. I'd given some consideration to actually, uh, attending, uh, that, but the logistics didn't necessarily work out. So, uh, keeping it in the back of mind, I'm, I might head, uh, might head down again for the, the next Cuban national, uh, series season which is supposed to start in march or april but um with with the schedule makers down there they they never make it easy they always keep <laughs> you on your toes um mm-hmm. and so uh contemplating that but uh at the same time looking at some uh, some potential in the summer to to travel around and and uh, maybe uh, see some cuban ball players that are a little bit close to here there's a few guys that uh potentially might be in AAA, might have some opportunity to see there. And in the back of, of my mind, or or been, I, I had tried to do it in 2023, if Cuba can qualify for the Little League World Series again, contemplating heading to, uh, to Williamsport for that. Mm, that, would, that would be a very cool trip. Well, um, I'm always looking forward to hearing uh, your, 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 your news and your information uh, from the Cuban perspective. So, so Phil, thanks again for joining me. Everybody, they can follow you on Twitter while it still exists at Cuba Dugout. Anywhere else they can, on, on YouTube, they can also follow you. Yeah, so so all of my handles, Cuba Dugout and CubaDugout.com is the website. So try to make it, uh, try to make it as, as uniform and as simple as possible. All right, thanks for joining me. Okay, and we are back. So that was a that, thanks again to Phil for joining us. He's always uh, a, a well of, of information when it comes to Cuban baseball. So so uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll have more to talk with him uh, when when more Cuban news comes comes down the wire here. Um, so uh, the Blue Jays claimed uh, some catching depth from the Cubs. Brian Servin, um, I guess it was on January 16th. That was a little while ago, but uh, good thing you that, pronounced uh, that for me because I kept keep reading. It as Severn. Well, it could be that. You know, they are in the wrong China. spot. <laughs> they're, they're, they're weird pronunciations. Um, so yeah, that that just gives them more catching depth, which I think that is is a is a good idea because um, Tyler Heineman signed with like the Mets or, or someone. I forget what he, he he some some other team signed him. So they they definitely needed some more some catching depth down in uh, AAA. So that's uh, a good little move there. And finally... Yeah, because I, I was going to say, unfortunately, I think it's inevitable that Jansen will probably get injured for a portion of the season. So I think they'll need an extra not. catcher. I hope not. Well, yeah, I hope, hope not. not, but <clears throat> yeah, track record and all. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, so, yeah, so that, that's that's some interesting news. And then finally, as far, on, on the Blue Jays side of things, it looked like the spring training caps um, have leaked according to uniwatch.com and the Jays cap what do you think about it I, I'll get your thoughts on it before I, I, I give my correct thoughts um, it uh, it looks okay for a spring training cap but I wouldn't want to see it in the regular season <laughs> yeah no I, I'm not I don't like I don't like the the new blue brim uh, it's, it's just too too many colors going on yeah there. and then they're too they're too they're too similar in colors like maybe if it was like an opposite color uh, or, or some other uh, like I, yeah I don't know what color would it you work know what me. it's I think what doesn't work is the white panel 
Like maybe. I wonder yeah. if it would work better if it was a blue, like all all blue, and then the light blue brim. Well, it would be that would be very similar to the new to the the, the alternate cap in general, just a slightly lighter lighter uh, shade of blue. I don't know, uh, but I I like what they wore yesterday, which was their their um their pre- or not yesterday last year uh, their practice hats. I have one of those. I was wearing that yesterday. That was like all the teams. <laughs> well, it was all the teams wore similar hats. They were like the the primary team color with the logo in the same same color and the the, the um, mesh back to it. I think they oh, wore the okay, same okay. things in spring training or something similar. I know they all they all of the spring training hats they have the mesh back, but now looking at this picture, it doesn't look like it has a mesh back on it. So either no. they're moving away from that for spring training, or this is another hat not related to spring training. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think you 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 kind of uh, swept past the key point. There is that they're ultimately they're forgettable and it's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so. Um, do you want to go to the weekly outcomes? Cause there's, there's more, yeah. uh, more uniform stuff, but I think, uh, yeah. I think we should talk about uh, the weekly outcomes, which I don't have any as, as, uh, usual for the off season. Cause I don't really, mm-hmm. uh, don't really have too much to, to comment on blue Jays related. All right. Yeah. So I'll go with my strikeout to start. Um, my strikeout is, and I mentioned this, is uh, Bautista's off the ho- Hall of Fame ballot. Now, I'm not saying that he's a Hall of Famer. Um, th- people have argued that his peak years are Hall of Fame worthy, and I, and I wouldn't disagree with that. But his total numbers, um, I think, are, aren't quite enough because just those those years that he spent uh, before he joined the Blue Jays, bouncing around from team to team and just kind of not playing, you know, up to his potential uh really really hurt him um and he probably would have never been a blue jay if he if he lived up to his potential from the from the outset and was a hall of famer but yeah, yeah. just strike out that uh, bautista's off the hall of fame ballot so that's that's a shame yeah well we talked about that before i don't i'm not surprised by it so uh, yeah where do you want to go next uh no decision just the the the, crip, the crickets are still chirping a bit in this off season the, the ariel rodriguez signing is good but you know it's just a, it feels like like you know the 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 team is looking like it's gonna look and it's 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 unless unless the offense like in philosophy and performance really turns things around uh we have another year of 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 strong strong pitching and strong defense and and uh not sure what to expect with the offense as 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 we're looking at the team right now yeah um yeah i mean I don't think, yeah, not much has been going on for the entire league, right? Like it's uh, well, it's been... and the Dodgers, <laughs> the well, Dodgers yeah. and the Braves are the two teams that have, have have made big the big splashes, and 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 you know, uh, and the the Yankees made the the Soto trade, which is a, one of the bigger moves. There there have been some moves made, and we'll talk about those moves uh, in a few minutes. But uh, yeah, it's 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 you know, you'd like to see or or know kind of what direction what the plan is for this offseason. Yeah, and, and we're getting a lot closer to spring training, so uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's I don't know. To, to me right now, it looks like there's not much left for the, that the Jays are going to do uh, based on how the rest of it's going. I don't know, maybe they're just waiting things out, but... Yeah, well, like, all the, all that's left to do right now, if they do anything, is maybe sign, like, people are saying, like, they need to sign a DH, and they need to re-sign Matt Chapman, potentially, so... I don't know, and, and 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 the options as far as those two options go, you know, Matt Chapman wouldn't be a huge splash as far as it, he'd be an important 
player on this team, but I don't think that we have any illusions as to what to expect offensively from him. Defensively, he's going to be very good again. And like I said, that's a strength for the team. Um, and and a DH, you're, you're looking at I think like one of three or four guys. You're looking at you know uh, Javier uh, Soler. No, it's not, it's not Javier. It's it's I forget his first name. Soler. Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, 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 Martinez, uh, JD Martinez, uh, Justin Turner, and I think Jock Peterson, which we'll get to, he, he signed with the, with the, uh, with the, uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. So, uh, there's the, 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 the choices are starting to dwindle a little bit. Joey yeah. Votto is another option, but he's, he's, he's got a lot of question marks on his, uh, uh, career. If he's I, got I will just play. say for, for Chapman, I guess what they could, Brandon hope- Belt. I guess what they could hope for for Chapman is that they could sign him to a, a lowish contract and hope that uh, he's worked on things in the off season and going to try and have like a a, a good one year uh, uh, season performance where he's like uh, the best player he can possibly be to try and get a bigger contract for twenty twenty five. I don't know. No, it's not going to happen. I think he's going to sign for over a hundred million dollars and for three to four years. I I, I don't think it, just his defense alone is really worth that, but okay. That's that's what's going to happen. You just, just mark my words, but put down the timestamp and 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 have this like once he signs, you know, add some reverb to it when we re- replay it. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Um, okay, so what's your home run? Oh yeah, my home run. I haven't gotten there yet. My home run is uh, the Yario Rodriguez signing. You know, it's it's a it's a solid. Um, move to uh, shore up the bullpen and potentially for future years i don't think it's going to happen like i said in the interview i don't think it's maybe going to happen uh in the first year but second third fourth year there's a potential for him to start some games too so that's that's some extra depth and some extra versatility uh for for on the pitching side so so good signing also he's young he's i think 26 years old um and i I was listening to the um at the letters uh podcast uh earlier this week and they were saying you know like you don't get a chance to sign a young guy like that uh uh at all these days and uh, you know the only other like young international pitcher that signed was uh, 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 the Dodgers guy there, <laughs> and I'm, I'm blanking on the name again now too. My my, my brain is is mush because of all the all, all the all the stuff going on this week. But uh, I, are uh, we yeah. sure he's 26? He's not like 30 or something. Uh, I'm pretty sure the uh, yeah I'm pretty sure that the uh, 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 age information is 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 correct. Uh, okay. Um, and, and were you thinking of Yamamoto for the Dodgers? Yeah, Yamamoto. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, my brain my brain is 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 mush this week. It's it's been <laughs> it's 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 been a busy busy uh week. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so let's get to some other news. Yeah. Um we have some some lots of lots of jersey news both like in in MLB and also like in NHL as well, which I don't know if we'll get to that, but that's just it seems like on on Thursday and Friday all the jersey drops came out. Yeah, you sent me uh you sent me a couple so Washington uh, has a pullover jersey. And, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, I, I'm not too. Uh, it, it it's it's a jersey. I, I don't know. It's it. No, but it's interesting too... that they're going with the pullover. Like like normally it's just like a one off thing. The pullovers, 
But uh, yeah, they're going. That's their. That's an alternate pullover that they'll be using numerous times. I don't. I'm not a big fan of that uh, uh, alternate. Uh, I guess it's they call it the vintage capital W. Uh, it looks just a little bit too plain for me. It, it looks uh, a lot like um, uh, the Washington Capitals, uh, the NHL. Uh, that well, they that, kind of have the a Capitol similar building that they're showing behind it. So no, I know, but sense. like they have a similar uh, logo on, or I don't know if they still have an alternate that looks like that, but they they've used like alternate logos that kind of look like that. Uh, well, I think they use the capital as like a negative space in their lettering or something. I don't know. Um, and then they also have a new road jersey, which I didn't realize that there was anything new about it. Um, well, they're going block letters as opposed to the cursive. And I, I liked the cursive. It was sort of a, it, I think it was the same or very similar font to the old uh, Montreal Expos uh, font. But I'm also kind of a sucker for these, uh, for the block lettering. I, I, I like the simplicity. Uh, it looks good. They've, they've got a nice... Yeah, I like this jersey. Red and white outline around it looks yeah looks looks solid uh nothing wrong with that uh nice little tweak yeah and looking at it now it kind of reminds me of um so when the washington first when they first moved to washington um the first year that it was in uh, the video games uh was um mlb 2005 or something ea sports um they that this is kind of what like they didn't have what the jerseys look like so i think they just kind of went based on some mock-ups so this is kind of what it reminds me of i see it looks a little different i don't it's been a long time yeah and uh yeah so so you know nothing wrong with that um and the marlins as well during their fan fest uh released some new uh uniforms as well uh they have a black uh jersey with a marlins script on it as well as a teal jersey with the Marlins script on it, and I, I, I just, just you know, just have the Miami just call me when they're when they're uh, when their original uh, 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 pinstripe teal jerseys are, are, are full time coming back. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think I th- it it's very uh, very bright. I guess is the their their logo and, and lettering, but yeah, I think the Maybe it's just because we grew up with those uh, Florida jerseys. Maybe that's why we prefer those. I don't know. No, they're just aesthetically better. Uh, but it sounds like because they were they were wearing those for um, Friday home games as throwbacks. But it found, sounds like they may, according to the like Nike rules as far as um, the jersey limits, uh, they may be scrapping those because um there's a four plus one limit i guess and and the th- the throwback uh might have to be to be the one that goes i see uh, why don't they just call it a five uh jersey limit that's that's what four plus one equals by the way i don't know i don't know <laughs> okay what else uh where are we going next Signings? Uh, Jock Peterson, we were just talking about a few minutes ago. Uh, he signed, uh, let's see here, a one-year contract with the Arizona Diamondbacks with a mutual option. The first year is, is guaranteed at $9.5 million, um, And I guess there's a $3 million buyout. Mutual option is worth $14 million, according to Bob Nightingale. So total guarantee of $12.5 million, But it could be up to over $20 million. Uh that that seems reasonable, I guess, when compared to, uh, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Otani. Otani, yeah, that's cheaper. <laughs> um, okay, so, so that that was the most recent kind of signing. 
Uh, Jeff Passan reports that uh, Reese Hoskins uh, signed with the Brewers for a two-year, $34 million contract with an opt-out after the first year. Um, Hoskins was a potential kind of wish list target for a lot of people for the for the Jays as far as filling that DH position. Um, just on a on a tangent from that, I I still don't like the idea of the Jays signing a specific DH only kind of player. But anyways, uh, good for him. He he, um, in in spring training he blew out his 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 his, his ACL or his, his something, um, and he missed the entire year in his walk year hmm. for free agency. But um, if, he should have a, a big bounce back this year. Uh, he's averaged, I think, something like 30 home runs a year over his career. Um, so so this this uh, hopefully uh, will mean that, uh, you know, he'll he'll make a good comeback this year. And uh, so so good to see him sign in Milwaukee. Um, another good sign that he, like, the fact that he signed with Milwaukee, um, maybe it means also that the Brewers aren't necessarily going to tear everything down uh and well, not necessarily tear everything down, but just go into like a a, a, a small rebuild because uh, a lot of people were were, were thinking that was going to happen when when Craig Council left for the Cubs and everything. So the fact that they signed Reese Hoskins uh, is maybe a good sign for the for for fans of the Brewers that they're going to be maybe more competitive than than we might have uh, thought. Yeah, maybe ago. maybe for for some markets that's a better option than completely tanking. Uh, you know. Uh, like yeah. maybe that's something that the A's should be doing instead of completely tanking, but that's a different story entirely. Well, no, the A's, the A's, that would, that would be spending money. The A's don't do that. Um, but yeah, so so you know, um, and the Brewers, they're 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 a team that can't tank anyways because their their fan base, I think, needs to have a a winning team. And well, that's what and, I mean. Like they yeah. they can't be like the Orioles and and. Like the yeah. Orioles, I, I Orioles is a better comparison than the A's, yeah. I guess, because the Orioles yeah. are yeah. trying to get better. <laughs> yeah, uh, or like the Kansas City Royals right now. Um, but I, I, th- I think it's kind of been shown that tanking, uh, maybe it worked ten years ago, but uh, it's more of a more of a bit of a, a crapshoot these days. So, so you know, if you're if you're a team uh, potentially like the Blue Jays in a year or two, uh, you don't want to see them just just get rid of all their guys you want to you want to see them or you know like the, like the yankees are doing basically just you know like they had to scrap they had to like basically give up on their year last year but you know they didn't they didn't trade everybody away yeah yeah uh, okay so another signing um back to the nationals uh, that we were talking about just a bit a minute ago yeah joey gallo signed a one-year five million dollar uh, deal with the uh, Nationals, and I guess there's one million dollar extra available in performance bonuses. So you know, if he plays well, you're, I'm guessing that the Nationals are, you know, they they were a better team than everybody thought they would be. Um, but if he plays well, he'll probably get traded at the deadline. Hmm. And uh, probably uh, last signing note. Actually, no, not the last one, but I guess. Aroldis Chapman still seems to find a way to get a job, uh, this time with Pittsburgh. Yeah, speaking about if you, if he plays well, getting traded at the deadline, signed a $10.5 million uh, one-year deal with the, with the Pirates. So yeah, he'll probably get traded if he plays well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting signing. Uh, Pirates are going to, I don't know what to expect from the Pirates this year, but uh, they could be, you know, probably same, similar as last year, hot start cold finish <laughs> uh and uh so yeah i mentioned and there's some more signings uh houston 
signed this was the a big closer. One. This was the big one of, of the of the past couple of weeks. Yeah, they signed Josh Hader to a five year, ninety five million dollar contract. Um, no deferrals, uh, in case you're curious. Um, and it's the largest present day value contract for a relief pitcher in baseball history, according to Jeff Passan. Uh, I see, and a potentially confusing signing uh, from the <laughs> Mets. Yeah, Vladdy signed with the Mets. Did you hear about this? <laughs> no. Uh, so this is not uh, not the Blue Jays, Vladdy. Uh, no, but his half brother, uh, Vladimir Miguel Guerrero, uh, signed with the uh, Mets in the international free agent uh, window there. So, um, do you think he'll he'll uh, go through the league as Miguel Guerrero just to avoid confusion? Probably, but I have no idea. I don't really know too too much about him. Um, but you have some other notes. Uh... Oh, yeah. I just wanted to – so this was uh, hockey, but I saw this last night just uh, just late because um, we were talking about – I saw this morning. Uh, well, anyways, uh, the, um, we were talking about uniforms and stuff, so I just wanted to know if you saw the, uh, the Vancouver Canucks, I guess. Apparently, they have uh, a Lunar New Year game every year, and mm-hmm. uh, the – they had a, a logo this year based on the 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 Canucks skate logo and like they had a dragon going around it. It actually looked pretty cool. I don't know if you saw Yeah, that no, one. I saw I saw I caught a brief uh glimpse of that. And that is a good logo to use just because uh the, the like China's like colors on their flag are, are red and yellow. So and then and there's a lot of red and yellow in that in that skate logo. So that, that was a good use of their team colors to pay homage to the Lunar New Year. Yeah, and uh, and they wore that uh, skate jersey, not the not the Lunar New Year jersey because they're not allowed. The league doesn't allow that. Uh, but they wore their black, um, you know, red and, and yellow skate jersey uh, uh, mm-hmm. for last night's game. They've been wearing that a lot lately, actually. That's uh, yeah, it's a good, good, it's a, it's a nice. It's a that's, back that's, to that's, it. When I first started following hockey, that's what I what I knew as their as their jersey. Yeah. Um, okay, so should we go then to hockey? Um, sends from home. Yeah, let's let's cue the horns. Okay, so um, the Senators haven't been too bad. Uh, I'll get to their results in a little bit, but there are some news items. Um, the, the biggest one was Shane Pinto. You, have, you put this in here, which is good because I probably would have forgot to mention it. Um, but Shane Pinto returned from his 41-game suspension. Uh, signed, that went by pretty quickly, I thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that usually happens when you forget about most of the games, which I think the Senators players yeah. have been during the games. They've been forgetting that too. they're playing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one-year, 775000 contract. Um Basically, I, I don't know if that's the minimum contract, but it's. Uh, I think they basically were able to sign him for a team-friendly deal because of how the situation was handled by the team, and um, the likely they'll sign him to an extension. But like it'll yeah, be. Yeah. But I think he was kind of doing them a favor. Uh, but he yeah. he's made an impact right away. Well, now is that seven hundred seventy-five thousand dollars prorated, or is that for the entire? Mm-hmm second half of the season um i have no idea i assume prorated i don't i because I, I have no idea what the minimum that seems like is. a lot for 41 games 
Well, but he would have gotten a lot more uh, if if the suspension never happened. Like it's actually the suspension kind of maybe saved the the Sens from having to trade him away or something like that, or trade another player away. Um, yeah, but uh, in his, I think his first game back, he got an assist, and the second mm-hmm. game back, uh, he got a goal. Um, he, um, yeah, he, he's, he's made an impact. He's actually, and it's not like he hasn't taken needed a few games to get up to speed. He's been, he's been one of their best players in the last few games. That's good. Um, and yeah, so they were, there's some goaltending changes. They were forced to make a change because, um, for Anton Forsberg was injured. So they called up Mad Sogard. <laughs> Um, and they made a, a change also in the goaltending coach. I can't remember. Yeah, they, the they changed the their coach. They fired their coach. Uh, oh no, they didn't fire the coach. They just reassigned no? him. Oh, they reassigned him. Yeah. Okay. And they, and they, and they, did they promote their, their AHL coach? Is that what they did? I, I think that's what happened. Yeah. Cause the, the goalies in the AHL have been doing quite well. Um, and I, I think they, I think they were just doing something to, to shake things up a little bit for the goalies and hopefully get some better performances. But, uh, um, for the most part, that's, that's been what's happened, but the senators have also been playing a lot better defensively. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, so I have the scores here bookended by two, uh, um, games where they allowed seven goals. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, the first one is a seven, four loss versus Colorado where apparently, they actually looked really good until the third period. It yeah, kind of I remember apart. that. Yeah. I didn't see that game. Um, uh, I, didn't, six, I, re- I read about it, though. Like, I saw the score. And yeah. Like, oh, okay. And then like, I saw then I saw Twitter kind of – Senator's Twitter falling apart. <laughs> yeah. Um, 6-2 win versus Montreal. Uh, 2-1 overtime loss versus Winnipeg. I watched that game against Winnipeg. That was the Hockey Day in Canada game. They I played, forgot that it was Hockey Day in Canada even that day. <laughs> yeah, they, they played really well in that game. Um, okay. Yeah, I guess so. I guess I remember those. Yeah, kind of... they, like, it was one, so, yeah, obviously 2-1 overtime loss means it was 1-1. Um, yeah, they they just looked very, um, well, they looked like they were playing as a, as a team and playing smart. Um, and mm-hmm. so, and Winnipeg, I think at that time was the first place team in the league. So, uh, to, to lose only two to one, uh, and in overtime, that's, that's really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Winnipeg's um, a good team. Yeah. And the, then a game that I didn't even know was happening on Sunday, a five, three win versus Philadelphia, um, a four, one win versus Montreal. That's, I believe the game that Shane Pinto got his first goal of the season. And that was uh, kind of a statement game too. Cause Michael Andlauer was sitting in the, um, uh, own, the, 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 the Montreal Canadiens owners booth. Cause he was, he used to be part of that ownership group. And yeah. And I think they really, he really wanted to the team have the team win that game. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, uh, a three, two overtime loss versus Boston, another well-played game. And Boston is also, um, a a really good team this year. I think they are first place in the Atlantic Division for sure. They may have. I, I think yesterday I saw they won six to two over Philadelphia, and I think I saw hmm. that that means they're now first in the league. I'm not sure. They're probably at least first in the East Eastern Division. And then yesterday, I think it's Atlantic. Isn't it the Atlantic Division or Eastern Conference? I meant. Um, 
and and yesterday uh, a seven to two loss versus the Rangers. It looked like they were playing really well. They went up two nothing early in the second period. I went out for a a walk uh, when it was still one nothing. Or actually, I'm not even sure this the second period had started when I t- went out for a walk. And uh, when I came back, it was four to two Rangers, and they actually they ended up scoring five straight goals. At, well. Five straight goals in the second period, but seven straight overall uh, to win seven to two. So uh, that was not a good game, but <laughs> the, but overall yeah, the though, those are another another good team. And, and 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 yeah, you're right. Boston is the first overall team in the East. Yeah, Eastern Conference. Overall though, the, the team has been playing better. It looks like they're uh, subs- like they're they're kind of locked into Martin's systems. They, they just didn't, haven't had a lot of time to, to practice because of the condensed schedule they've had uh, <laughs> as a result of the, the Sweden trip. But uh, they, they are playing a, a better, better system and looking better defensively, but they yeah. still have a lot of work to do. And I think it was announced this past week, I think it was this past week, that uh, Martin would be with the team for the rest of the year, no matter what. Oh I, yeah, I didn't hear that. But uh, so I guess they're not they're they're putting off the picking a a head coach until the off season. Yeah, probably because there's uh, coaches that they want to talk to, but they won't be allowed to until the off season. Maybe yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. And 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 oh, of, of coaching news, uh, this this was a bit of a surprise to me. I forget exactly when it happened, but Patrick Waugh, who a lot of people thought might have been the uh, next coach of the Senators, is now the head coach of the New York Islanders. Yeah, yeah, uh, that happens late. Maybe not this past week, but uh, the week before. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, this is only his his second time as a as a head coach, apparently. Yeah. So. Yeah. He was the coach head coach for the Avalanche before, I believe. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's all the notes I have for the Senators. Is there anything else that uh, you wanted to to cover before we take a break? No, I have nothing more to cover before we take a break. Okay, well then, why don't we take a break? Yes, let's take a break. And we are back after having taken a quick break. Yeah, a very quick break. Um, so we now have our own uh, personal outcomes to to go over. Um, looks like we we have a few things uh, to talk about. So what? Yeah. Do you want to start? Uh, sure, I'll start with my strikeout. My strikeout is uh, that I fainted the other night, uh, and and I'm okay. I my, my my glasses broke when I fell, and I and I bumped the back of my head. Uh, it's kind of a blood pressure related thing uh because of my medication and so it's just a reminder that uh i'm into my middle age now and and i'm getting old and 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 things like this happen now when 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 you get old but that's the first time i've ever i've ever fainted but yeah it was one of those like like i've fallen and i can't get up things <laughs> i i see uh well i i guess uh, that's something you should probably go see a doctor about uh, i did i did go see a doctor and uh it, it's just all about um, I have medication that lowers my blood pressure, and uh, my my blood pressure was was flowing away from my head. So standing up made me faint at the time, and it's 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 a whole situation. I'm not going to get into the the details of it uh, because uh, it involves the bathroom. But 
but yeah, like if, I, I, I should have recognized the signs better and not try, attempted to stand up. Um, but uh, now I know better, and uh, hopefully it won't happen again. It only happened the one time, so uh, yeah. Well, I guess in the, the grand scheme of things, low b- blood pressure uh, is better than high blood pressure, uh, the way things work. So Both of those are also better than no blood pressure. Y- yes. <laughs> uh, well, I have a, a strikeout. It's... Uh, not really related to me, but uh, just uh, litter in in general. I was like cat for... litter. I have I, I have to deal with cat litter on a weekly basis. Well, it, it I guess it could take the form of cat litter, but uh, I was out for a walk last night, um, and uh, and I saw a a fast food bag on the on the road, and and in previously in in the last few weeks we have seen people actually throw uh, fast food bags out the window. And, and you know, in general, you see like coffee cups and stuff left yeah, all over yeah. the place, and uh, just, just uh, I don't, I don't like seeing that. the The only positive is that I don't because of the plastic bag ban, you don't see like plastic bags hanging out in the trees everywhere anymore. <laughs> but uh, uh, people still are just very, uh, uh, they're they're in they're um they're not considerate of uh of, of the environment and. You know, there's there's easy ways to get rid of garbage, and they don't uh, and they don't take them. So I, I think that's that's my strikeout, just littering. Yeah. Well, speaking of littering, Amazon littered uh, on I guess it was Thursday. Uh, they 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 littered basically my an, an entire street's worth of packages onto my doorstep instead of, instead of delivering them to the other to the appropriate houses. So I had to act as Amazon delivery person. Uh, the other day. <laughs> well, you, you didn't uh, take a look inside to see what they ordered, and maybe I did switch, not open them. I did not envelopes. open them because I was not expecting any Amazon packages, and then all of a sudden there were six packages on my doorstep. I was like, "Oh, okay, that's interesting." <laughs> <laughs> I actually heard about someone uh, posted on one of our, our neighborhood Facebook group saying, like, Canada Post said they they delivered a pack their package that they were expecting, but they took a picture of someone else's house. So they were trying to figure oh, no. out <laughs> whose house it, it actually was. But yeah, uh, okay, what, what, uh, where do you want to go next? Um, I guess I'll go no decision. Um, so more on medication. I, 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 I've talked about this before. I take medication for anxiety. Um, so, so I have less anxiety. It means I'm, I'm less obsessed about, about baseball and listening to podcasts and things. It's, it's, it's a, overall a, a better uh, better for my mental health that I'm not less listening to podcasts. I'm not like filling up the the the, the silence with with baseball talk all the time. But it means that I'm less plugged into baseball. I, <laughs> I, 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 I I'm not as 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 uh, aware of the baseball news as it were. And you heard me just my brain became mush and I'm forgetting everybody's uh, names and such. So uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's 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 not good for the podcast, but it's good for me. <laughs> well, I, th- I think it's okay to get away from baseball during the off season because you know baseball gets away from baseball in the off season. They they don't play. So that's true. That's true. Um, my no decision is that uh, we joined a gym. We signed up uh, for at, at Muvadi. Uh, oh yeah, Krista's at that one. Oh, okay. Uh, we we just joined the uh, the the cheaper option, which only lets us go to one location. Uh, so we we go to uh, the train yards, but we also got uh, a a personal trainer. We got like partner training uh, sessions. 
Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a bit expensive, but um, it's we've so far found it pretty uh, worth it. Um, but uh, the no decision, so it's, you know, overall positive, um, you know, experience with the gym. But uh, unfortunately, after our first session with our personal trainer, uh, we we were very much uh, sore muscles because uh, he had us doing squats and and hinges yep. and uh, our for me uh, my I. I so the way that Muvadi is designed is you have to walk up the stairs to the uh to the the general workout area unless you're That's not fair. Unless you're a uh, a woman and you, they have like their women only gym and you don't have to walk upstairs to that gym but uh, walking down the stairs after doing squats and and hinges was very difficult. <laughs> I'm glad they had a railing. Uh, so it took a few days to recover from that, but uh, but yeah, no, it, it, overall, overall good. Good. I'm, I, yeah, I, I I don't like going to the gym. I, I like just doing my 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 running uh, at home, and and that that's 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 my workout for the week. Uh, but yeah, that's good. Um, so yeah, I guess I'll go to my 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 home run, which is uh, songwriting. I've been I've been uh, writing a lot of songs lately, and 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 I've been doing it a little a little bit differently. Um, you know, I used to try to, com- to to finish a song all in one sitting before, but now you know, like I'll maybe like w- every day I'll write one or two lines, and they they come together a little bit slowly. But I think that they've been coming be- to better in general a little bit better <laughs> than my my previous songs. You know, I'm I'm, not, I'm letting them, uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm letting them co- come together slowly and and have some room to breathe, and and they've 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 turned out pretty pretty interestingly. I, I thought. Oh, that that's good. And as far as like putting them, uh, you know, writing songs in uh, in in stages, I guess uh, you could say that's a that's a good way of going about it. Um, uh, an author that I that I read quite a bit, um, he mentions how his writing process when he stops writing for the day, he stops writing in the middle of a sentence, so that like, the next time he like he comes to it, he's got something to start with. So like, okay. I kind of feel like that's a similar similar process and like taking a break from something for for a little bit and coming back to it and get different different ideas and a different approach. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I definitely like I, I definitely approach it a little bit differently. Um, I've I've been doing it um, pretty much almost exclusively um, in my iPad with my 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 my, uh, my pencil, my Apple pencil, and so it's always with me. Um, and I've been adding kind of just little ideas and notes to myself about what I want to kind of cover in the song, and it, and it uh, helps me to kind of uh, follow through and, and, and have a bit more coherency in my songs. Well, that's good. Um, well, I've, I've been doing a, a lot of writing. Uh, I mean, I, I pretty much never write something every day, uh, so, like, that's... that's uh, um, my home run is, is kind of similar in terms of how I... I like you're working, like going, like taking, going, you know, working on it a little bit and coming back to it. Um, yeah. My home run is is working on a, a website. I'm trying to build a, a website. Uh, I've been working on it since like November, December. Uh, mm-hmm. It's pretty much um, it's pretty much done. I just have to buy a domain name for it. But uh, at this point, I'm I'm just adding different things that for functionality. And, uh, and I've, I've got, uh, you know, I w- there was one thing I was trying to get working and, and for the longest time I couldn't get it to work and I was spending days getting it, uh, trying to get it to work. And then just this week, uh, I, I 
got it to to work and uh, it's something where i i worked on it for a couple days uh just going trying trying to fix something and then coming back to it later uh and mm -hmm. uh and so yeah it's uh uh it's working out pretty well i i like it's pretty much online i just don't have a domain name for it so i haven't uh haven't publicized it widely i i should i guess you could say are you going to do a dot dot com dot ca dot dot uh, um, gwr because dot ca is uh, more expensive oh, okay yeah i see i did not know that um and i, I just have a a media recommendation that i'll end off with uh i read uh, i borrowed from the library um via the hoopla app um, a comic book. Uh, it was a collection of, I think, let's see, one, two, excuse me, um, six, six issues. It's a book called Spider-Man Life Story. And it was like um, an anniversary, basically, like a Spider-Man uh, celebration um, where like the, the, the concept was, in, you know how in comics, like characters don't age, like they stay the same, you mm -hmm. know, so the concept was what if like, you know, it followed Spider-Man through uh, like from the 60s to the 2010s and where he actually He'd be aged dead by and now, changed. Well, <laughs> that's he it's a bit of a spoiler. He does die at, in the last comic book, but uh, uh, in the last issue of it. But it goes through the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s and 2010s. Um, so, so the last, the last comics are just him in retirement in like, like, like Florida. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it, it does things. I'm not going to spoil it though, but, okay. um, it, it's, uh, it, he joins like a it, condo board. Like there's, there's different, uh, there's different things. Like they, it kind of does alternate history a little bit too, if you're interested in that, like they have, um, the Vietnam war lasting far longer because he, like Iron Man is involved on the U S side and Captain America is kind of fighting on both sides because he's all about, uh, you know, doing the right thing. And he's kind of like fighting for like fighting for both, uh, the U S and, and Vietnam and, and things go longer. And I don't know if you're familiar with the with the movie civil war, uh, no, but it, you not know, at all. <laughs> anyway, it's it's uh, like the it's like superheroes against each other because of like a, they you know one side wants to have all the superheroes registered so that uh, um, you know basically they can be controlled by the governments and, and one side doesn't want that and so like they kind of incorporate that into the comic books too. It's it's uh it's a very quick read. Like it's not uh, very in depth. It's kind of like just a general overview but like each each issue covers a a specific year in the decade so um i think the 60s is 1964 maybe or 65 1977 1984 1995 and yeah anyway there's it's uh it's an interesting read if you're interested at all in comics or uh, even like partially interested because there's uh, you don't need to know anything uh, about comic books just if you're familiar with the spider-man origin story that's probably enough okay well cool check that out for free from the library assuming you've returned it yes yeah okay all right well um <laughs> just want to say thanks again to phil selig 
aka Cuba Dugout, for joining us and talking some Cuban baseball, Ariel Rodriguez. Um, and I guess we'll be back in a couple weeks' time. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll sort out a, a schedule. All right, bye bye, bye bye.